in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible says this, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Good morning, dear friends. It's so good to see you this morning. What a blessing it is for us to be together on this day, the Lord's day, in this place to worship God. I want to begin this morning by asking you a question, and the question is, are you, are you in what Paul talks about here in this verse? This morning, as you sit there in that pew, are you in Christ? Are you in Jesus Christ? I want to begin this morning by asking you that question. Because according to what the Apostle says here in the verse, those who are in Christ have something special. They have something wonderful. They have something amazing and, and something that other people in the world just don't have. Someone says, what do they have? Well, according to what the apostle says in the verse, they actually have access to every spiritual blessing that comes from God. They actually have access to heavenly blessings. They actually have access to blessings that far outweigh any earthly blessing that, that you can gain in this life. That's what Paul says here. In Ephesians 1 and verse 3, and I got to tell you that I think it's, it's very interesting that he talks about that. I think it's very interesting that Paul emphasizes that. I think it's interesting that he emphasizes here the spiritual blessings that are found in Christ because let's just be honest about it this morning. So often as human beings, even as Christians, whenever we think about blessings that come from God, we tend to, to focus more on those physical blessings, right? We tend to focus more on the tangible blessings. We tend to focus more on the blessings that we can see with our eyes and smell with our nose and touch with our hands. Blessings like our food and our clothes and our homes and even the very air that we breathe. And don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand. There, there's certainly nothing wrong with doing that. There's certainly nothing wrong with acknowledging and even being thankful for the material blessings we've received from God. But at the same time, we also need to understand that in the Bible, in the sacred text, the inspired writers actually place more of an emphasis on our spiritual blessings. They actually place more of an emphasis on the spiritual blessings that are found in Christ. That is what Paul is emphasizing here in this verse. And that's also what he emphasizes going back to Colossians chapter 2. Go back to Colossians 2 to the verses that Brother Stan read for us this morning. I'm going back to Colossians chapter 2 and looking at verse number 8, notice how after warning us about the dangers of false teachers in verse 8, 
and after emphasizing the deity of Jesus bodily in verse number 10, Paul then uses some interesting language to describe those who are in Christ. Notice how in verse number 10, if you have the New American Standard Translation, or maybe even the New King James Translation, what Paul says there when describing those in Christ is he says that if you're in Christ, you're complete. He says that you are complete. Brothers and sisters, the Greek word for complete that Paul uses there actually means to fill up, cram up, or make full. It means to fill up, cram up, or make full. In relation to Christians, Paul is saying that those who are blessed to be in Christ are crammed full with every spiritual blessing that God has to offer. He is saying that they are crammed full with, with every heavenly blessing they need in their lives. That is the wonderful and powerful and amazing news that the Apostle Paul announces here in, in this verse. The question, though, is, is what exactly does that involve? What, what exactly does that mean? What exactly are these spiritual blessings that we have access to today if we're in fellowship with God and if we're blessed to be in Christ? Well, for the purpose of this study, for the purpose of this study, I want to give you three things to think about. I want to give you three spiritual blessings that you have full access to today if you're in Christ. I want you to know about how blessed you are to be in Christ if you're in Christ this morning. And the first thing I want you to understand is this. First, I want you to know that if you are in Christ this morning then the Bible says that you are complete and you are crammed full with everything you need in regards to salvation. You are complete and crammed full with everything you need to be saved and to go to heaven. You know, it is interesting how this language, this language in Christ that we are focusing on this morning, this language is used about 80 times in the New Testament. Did you know that? is actually used over and over and over again. It is especially used to talk about the blessings that Christians enjoy in regards to salvation. For example, go in your Bible back to Ephesians. Hope you got your Bible with you because we're going to be looking at a lot of verses this morning. So let's get those Bibles out. Let's get them working. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 7. Look at what Paul says in verse number 7. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Notice the language with me, okay? He says in him, in him, notice, in Jesus, we, he's saying to these Ephesian Christians, we, and by extension he's talking to us also, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. I want you to notice two very important things that Paul says there in that verse. First, notice how Paul says that if you are in Christ this morning, that one of the blessings you have in your life is Paul says you have received redemption. 
redemption. That word redemption that Paul uses there means to be bought back. It means to be redeemed. In our case, it means that through the death of Jesus and through the shedding of his precious blood on the cross, we have been redeemed or bought back from the influence and the control of Satan. We have been redeemed or bought back from the penalty of our sins. We have been redeemed or bought back from the consequences of our rebellion against God. Paul says that if you're in Christ, then you've received redemption. But not only have you received redemption, a second thing you've also received is you've received forgiveness. You see that? You've received redemption and you've also received forgiveness. And I think we can all agree to this topic or this concept of forgiveness that Paul talks about here. That's a big deal, right? Oh, yes, that's, that's a big deal. In fact, that, that's a very big deal. That is a much bigger deal than anything going on in the world right now. That is a much bigger deal than anything that has to do with the coronavirus. That is a much bigger deal than even finding an effective cure or vaccine for the coronavirus. Let me tell you something, my friends. You can go to heaven without scientists finding a cure or a vaccine for the coronavirus, but you cannot go to heaven without having an effective cure for your sin problem. You cannot go to heaven without the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You cannot go to heaven without receiving the forgiveness that comes from God. We need God's forgiveness if we're going to be saved. And the Bible says that those who are in Christ, those who are in Christ have received God's forgiveness. They've received redemption, they've received forgiveness, but now go in your Bible to 1 John, 1 John chapter 5. Follow me to 1 John 5, look at verse 11. I'm going to 1 John 5 and verse 11. Notice the language, and the testimony is this, that God has given us everlasting or eternal life, and this life is where? It is in, there it is again, it is in His Son, it's in Jesus. Follow me to Romans. We're going to be reading Romans very soon in our daily Bible reading. Hope you're excited about that. Romans is a very, very rich book. And in Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, Paul says this. He says in Romans 6 and verse 11, Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin. If you're a Christian this morning, if you're part of the body of Christ, you're supposed to have died to sin when you got baptized. Consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Notice, alive to God where? In Christ Jesus. There it is again. You know, it's no big secret that we currently live in a death-denying culture, don't we? It's no big secret that we currently live in a culture where for many people, even for many Christians, they don't want to talk about death. They don't want to think about death. They don't want to hear sermons about death. For most folks, for many people, they try their best to keep the topic of death as far removed from their minds as possible. Most people don't want to hear anything about death. They live in denial when it comes to death, but no matter how much they live in denial, the reality of death is still there. 
the reality of death is still inevitable. One day we are going to die, whether we like it or not. Our souls will depart out of this out of this physical ve vessel. That is just a fact of life. And the Bible itself promises this in Hebrews 9 and verse 27. In Hebrews 9 and verse 27, the Bible says that we all, me and you, we all have an appointment with physical death. But you see, even though we all have an appointment with physical death. Notice how Paul says in these verses that if you are in Christ, you still get to experience real life. You still get to experience spiritual life. You get to experience spiritual life right now while you live in this life. And you also get to experience it in the eternity to come. Those who are in Christ get to receive spiritual life, real life. They get that now. They get that in the life to come. But not only do they receive spiritual life, a fourth thing we need to put on our list is those who are in Christ receive God's grace. God's amazing and, and wonderful and vast grace. I'm going to 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Listen to what the apostle says. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 9. Paul says that God has called us or has saved us, I'm sorry, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, works of merit, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us where? In Christ Jesus from all eternity. Notice how in that verse Paul talks about the grace of God. You see that? The grace of God. Many of you know, you've known for years what the grace of God is. You know that the grace of God is God's unmerited favor. You know that the grace of God is God extending to us or granting us something that we do not deserve. Things like we have on our slide, redemption, forgiveness, spiritual life. We don't deserve any of that stuff. Let me tell you something. When we make it to heaven together one day, we're not going to be able to sit around and say, hey, it's great to be here and we're here because we deserve to be here. We're here because we're so good. We're so righteous. We've earned our way to heaven. Let me tell you something. When we make it to heaven one day together, it's not going to be because we were so righteous or because we were so good. Instead, it's going to be because God is so righteous. And God is so good and God is so loving and God is so merciful. When we make it to heaven, it's going to be because of the grace of God. It's going to be because God made a way to save us from our sins, even though we've all violated his will. And what we deserve is spiritual death. We deserve to be in hell forever. You see, just like every person is going to die one day. Every person also needs God's grace. I need God's grace and you need God's grace. And thankfully, God has extended his grace to everyone. Thankfully, God has offered his grace to every person across the globe. But unfortunately, my friends, not everybody receives the benefits of God's grace. You see, according to what the apostle says here in this verse we just read, 
Only those who are in Christ actually take God up on the grace that he offers to all people. Only those who are in Christ actually receive the full benefits of God's grace. In fact, not only do they receive the full benefits of God's grace, but when we keep studying our Bibles, we learn that those who are in Christ are the only ones who receive the full benefits of God's love. They receive the full benefits of God's grace and the full benefits of God's love. I'm going to what may be some familiar verses to you. I really love these verses. Back to Romans again. Romans chapter 8. You remember Romans 8.38? Romans 8.38. Paul says this. He's speaking to Christians. Disciples, he says, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is where? Is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Would you agree with me this morning when I say that God loves everybody? Oh, yes, God loves everybody. God loves everybody. Jesus said that John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. God loves everybody in the world. God loves everybody he's ever created. But unfortunately, brothers and sisters, not everybody loves God. God loves everybody, but unfortunately, not everybody loves God. Unfortunately, not everybody receives the full benefits of God's love. Only those in Christ, Paul says, receive that. Only they receive the full benefits of God's love because they are the only ones who've obeyed God and done what is necessary to receive his grace. Only they have done what is necessary to receive redemption and forgiveness. Let me tell you some hell is going to be full of a bunch of people who are loved by God. Hell is going to be full of a bunch of people that Jesus suffered and died for. It's going to be full of a bunch of people who are there either because they refuse to get into Christ or because they refuse to stay in Christ. Only those in Christ receive the full benefits of God's love. And then finally, I want to say this about this point. Only those in Christ receive justification. Justification, Colossians. We go to Colossians chapter 2. Going to Colossians chapter 2, looking at verse number 16. Colossians 2, verse 16, Paul says this, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Now, when Paul talks about works there, he's not talking about works of merit, like what you found in a previous verse. Instead, here, Paul's talking about the work of the law of Moses. There's different kind of works mentioned in the Bible. And he says, you're not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law, the Old Testament law, no flesh will be justified. Notice that, that word justified, that word justified that Paul uses several times in this, word, in this one verse. That word justified is a legal term. It means to be declared not guilty. 
It means to be declared innocent. In the context of what Paul is saying here, Paul means that when we are in Christ, when we're in Jesus, we no longer have to walk around in our lives with the guilt and the burden of our past sins. He means that when we're in Christ, we can live in our lives right now with confidence and assurance. We can live with a clear conscience knowing that we are, in fact, right with God. That's what Paul says. Paul says that when you're in Christ, you're complete with everything you need in regards to salvation. You're complete because you have redemption. And you have forgiveness and spiritual life and the grace of God and God's love and, and justification. You're crowned full with every blessing that truly matters in this life. That's what Paul says. When you're in Christ, you're complete with everything you need in regards to salvation. By not only are you complete and made full with everything you need in regards to salvation. Secondly, this morning, I want to suggest that when you're in Christ, you are complete and crammed full with everything you need in regards to family. Family. Let me ask you a question. Are you married? You have a spouse? You got parents who raised you and who love you? You got children? Do you have grandchildren and maybe even great-grandchildren? There are so many folks in this room who, who I love so much that have those things. They're blessed to have all those things. And may God bless you and God bless your family. But you know, unfortunately, not everybody in the world is blessed to have those things. Young people, not everybody in the world is blessed to have a mommy and a daddy who loves them and cares for them and provides for them. Not everybody's blessed to have a spouse. Not everybody's blessed to have children and have grandchildren. You see, there are millions and millions of people across the globe who long to have a family. And thankfully, when a person is in Christ, you know what God does? He gives them just that. He gives them all the family they need. He gives them brothers and he gives them sisters. Are you still in Galatians? Look at Galatians 3. Galatians 3.25. Galatians 3.25, Paul says this, but now that faith has come, when Paul says now that faith has come here, he's talking about the system of being justified by faith in Jesus. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. The tutor there is a reference to the Old Testament law of Moses. For you are all sons of God through faith. Here the language is again in Christ Jesus. Verse 27, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Boy, Paul really wears that language out, doesn't he? That meant a lot to him. I want you to notice carefully what he's saying in these verses. Let's start with verse number 26. Notice how in verse number 26, Paul says that when a person is in Christ, they become a son of God. Do you see that? They become a son of God. 
they become a daughter of God. That language that Paul uses there, it just basically means that when you're in Christ, you have been blessed to be adopted into the family of God. You have been blessed to be put in, into a situation where God is truly your father and you are truly his child. You are truly part of his spiritual family. Paul says that those in Christ are sons of God and they're daughters of God. And then in verse 27, Paul says that those who are in Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. You see that? Those in Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. That language, clothed themselves in Christ, means that those who are in Christ have put on a relationship with Christ. He means that they have dressed themselves with the righteous works of Christ. They're in fellowship with Christ. They're in spiritual union with Christ. Those who are in Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. And then in verse 28, he says, those who are in Christ have found acceptance and equality. He says they have found oneness and unity with other believers. Notice again, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek or neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female for you are all one. You're all one. One body in Christ Jesus. Paul says that those who are in Christ have been made one body. I hope you will agree with me when I say that this message that Paul is preaching here in this verse, that is a message that we especially need to be reminded of in our time today. Because we live in a world that's not fair at times. Because we live in a world where people are treated harshly and Rudely and unfairly for ridiculous reasons, reasons like their economic status or their educational level or the color of their skin or their age or because of where they're from or because of their gender or because of some mistakes they've made in the past because we do live in a world where some people are unfairly denied acceptance and equal treatment because of those superficial and ridiculous kinds of things. We need to be reminded of what Paul is saying here in this verse. We need to be reminded that according to the inspired apostle, when a person is part of the family of God, when a person becomes a son or daughter of God, when a person clothes themselves in Christ and gets into a relationship with Christ, they become one with other believers in Christ. They're one. They're one body. They're one family. They're equal. They have equality. There is no discrimination or distinction in the family of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? The Bible says that those who've been adopted into the family of God, they've been made brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. If we're in Christ this morning, guess what? We can truly call upon God 
and we can call him our father. We have an intimate relationship with him. The Lord Jesus is our brother. We have equality and full acceptance in God's family. What a blessing. Wouldn't you agree? The Bible says that those who are in Christ are complete. With everything they need in regards to salvation. And they're complete with everything they need in regards to family. But then third and finally, I, I want to leave you with this, that when a person is in Christ, they also have been made complete with everything they need for comfort. Comfort and consolation. Do you need some comfort this morning? Well, if so, let's study some scriptures. Look at Philippians chapter 2. I want to show you something in Philippians 2, just one verse here. Look at it carefully. Philippians 2, verse 1. Therefore, if there is any encouragement, here's his languages again, any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion. Once you notice that, that word Paul uses here that is consolation. You see that word consolation? That word consolation Paul uses there means comfort or encouragement. And the context Paul is saying that when you as a Christian start going through rough moments in your life, when you start going through trials and tribulations, when you start going through things that, that bring you to a point to where you feel at rock bottom, God comforts you. God encourages you. God consoles you. When, when you're hurting because of all the evil and the hatred and chaos and division that you see being promoted in the world right now, when you're depressed because some of your children or maybe some of your grandchildren have left the Lord, when you're really down and in the pit of despair because you got bad health, or maybe because somebody's doing you wrong in your life, maybe somebody's mistreating you in your family or on your job, maybe you're having problems in your marriage, maybe you're having problems with your kids, no matter what problem or problems you may have going on in your life right now, when you are in Christ, you have everything you need for comfort. You have everything you need for strength, you have everything you need for encouragement. For example, one of the ways that God comforts his people, those who are in Christ, is by giving them access to the full benefits of prayer. Did you know that not everybody in the world has access to the full benefits of prayer? Only those in Christ have that. Only those in Christ can pray to God and have confidence that because they are God's children, whenever they call upon him by faith through prayer, God will listen to what they have to say and he will attend to their prayers. Paul makes that point in, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. When you're in Christ, you have full access to all the benefits that come with prayer. But then put that what you find in 2 Corinthians. Look at 2 Corinthians Chapter 1. I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 3. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3. Paul here is talking to the people of God, Christians. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. What is Paul saying here? Well, simply put here in this, in this section, Paul is saying that one of the ways that God comforts his people is through his people. He comforts his people through his people. And I think it's safe to say that we all, or at least many of us, have experienced that firsthand before, right? Oh, yeah, you probably experienced that before. When something bad was happening to you in your life, you probably had a brother or sister in the church come to your aid, right? A brother or sister came and prayed with you when you were in the hospital sick. A brother or sister came to comfort you while you were waiting in a waiting room at the hospital or while you were grieving at a funeral, a brother or sister wrote you a card or gave you a text message or a Facebook message to build you up and let you know that everything was going to be okay when you were really discouraged. Our spiritual family is one of the ways that God consoles and comforts us when we are down in our lives. And let's also not forget about our hope. Our one hope, the one hope of Ephesians 4 and verse 4. You see, when Paul mentions the one hope in Ephesians 4 and verse 4, we need to understand that he's talking about how because Jesus died and how because he was raised from the dead, no matter what happens to us in our lives, no matter what trial or tribulation or problem we experience in our lives, we can live with the hope of knowing that something better is waiting for us after this life. Something better is waiting for us in eternity. Something better is waiting for us in a place where there, where there will be no tears and no problems. What well, I just want you to see is when you're in Christ, you're complete. Do you see that? You are blessed with every spiritual blessing that God offers. You are right where you need to be. You're right where God wants you to be to receive the full benefits of the death of his son. Those who are in Christ are complete, and I'm certainly, I, I'm certainly aware of the fact that most of the people I, I'm talking to this morning, you're in Christ, right? Most of you are in Christ. Most of you are in Jesus. Most of you are in a position already to receive these benefits we've talked about this morning, but maybe there's somebody here this morning and you say, I, I'm not in Christ. I'm not in this position. I'm not in a situation where I can receive these great spiritual blessings you, we've talked about this morning, and I want to receive those things. If that describes you this morning, I want to close by reminding you again of Galatians chapter 3. I want to remind you again that Paul says in Galatians 3 in verse number 27, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. 
But it's how Paul says, the only way you get into Christ, the only way you get access to this stuff, is you got to be baptized into Christ. You got to be immersed into Christ. That's what the Bible says. I didn't put that there. That's what Paul put by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so if there's someone here this morning who needs to get into Christ for the first time by being immersed into the waters of baptism, it would be our pleasure to help you with that right here and right now. It won't just take, it'll take just a few minutes. We got the water ready. And if we can serve you in that, come to the front. Let's stand. Let's sing.